Ooh, look at look at look at you, Andrew Harris. Look at how you can catch the ball out of the backfield. Oh, thank you, Paul. Look at the way you come up with all these creative plays. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double double. It's time for the two and out CFL podcast every week. John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers. I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza's better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 36 of the Two and Out CFL podcast with Fraser and Curra, presented by the Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse Club. This is Friday. Game two of the Champions Cup final goes tomorrow. It is. It's going to be insane inside the Sastel Center. You can listen to it live, 92.9 The Bull. You can also watch it on TSN, and uh, yours truly will have the call on 92.9 The Bull. Even if you couldn't get your tickets for the Champions Cup final, season tickets are on sale now. Call Drew at the Rush office, saskrush.com. All the contact info is up there as well. The merchandise is awesome. If you're watching on the tube, you're going to see a pile of it tomorrow night, and you're going to go, hey, I want me some Rush merchandise to put on my sexy body. So put it on your sexy body. Saskrush.com, downtown Saskatoon, at Saskrush on Twitter and Instagram. They're also on Snapchat and Facebook. Now, last episode, we previewed the Stampeders, Lions, and Eskimos. We wanted to save the Riders and Bombers for a standalone episode because... The changes made are absolutely incredible. Uh, <laughs> absolutely massive. If you missed it, right now on the big board, I have BC finishing fifth, Edmonton fourth, and Calgary second, which means at some point in this podcast, I'm going to say one of these teams is going to finish first. Yeah, and I actually have a uh, the same playoff teams as last year, barring a crossover, Calgary, then Edmonton, and then BC. Before we get to the Riders preview, let's get to getting waxed with Brazilian Ty. Hey, it's Brazilian Ty back with another edition of Getting Waxed here on the 2 and Out CFL podcast. The offseason has been about four months too long for my liking, and while the Jays are starting to heat up and the Stanley Cup final is officially in full swing, I can now say with great exuberance and profound pleasure, it is June. Training camps, preseason games, hell, even regular season games. But I digress. I found this definition yesterday and figured it was pretty fitting, and it reads, professional athlete, an athlete that plays for pay. Seems simple enough. Apparently not for our friends at TSN. The quote by Jennifer Hedger on SportsCenter was, the city of Toronto is hungry for a championship. Hasn't had one in professional sports league since 1993 when the Toronto Blue Jays won. Now, I know since the analogy a few days ago, Hedger has issued an apology, but it doesn't mean that her and her co-workers are completely off the hook. Granted, it's not entirely her fault, and I'll be the first to admit that. She was just a messenger. Let's dig a little deeper. I'm assuming that somebody had to write that. Then it had to be proofed. Over by the director and or producer, and read by both hosts of the night's show. I also understand that when talking about the Big Four in Canada or the States, the CFL is never included. But when the national rights holder in this country completely overlooks its biggest source of programming, it just baffles my mind and is inexcusable to me. The Toronto Argonauts have won four great cups, yes, four, since the Jays' last World Series title in 1993, including back-to-back titles in 96 and 97, and a win in their home stadium in 2012. And people keep wondering why the Argos continually struggle with attendance in the city. 
I know the Rogers Center was a terrible venue for football and Braley didn't give much money to marketing the team around the city, but when the biggest promoter of the league just shoves you aside as happened just days ago, it definitely leaves a sour taste behind. How can the league expect the city of Toronto to take the Argos seriously when the biggest media outlet for the league won't? Either way, it's hard to find one person to blame in all this. I am no way blaming any individual. As I said before, there should have been a number of eyes that seen that script before airtime as the Raptors game was all but done before the fourth quarter. It's a huge failure and overlook on the whole of TSN, and while Jennifer apologized, this still leaves a black mark on the league and a reason for all those CFL haters to add fuel to the fire. All that being said, we are Canadian and we are programmed to forgive and somewhat forget. Until we need a reason to complain about something as we are wont to do, but that's a discussion for another time. You can find me on Twitter at Brazilian underscore Thai, and now the RBC Cup is over and June is here, there'll be more CFL posts than usual, I'm sure. If I can stay sober enough to operate my cell phone. Remember to keep your wax hot and your strips clean. Now back to Travis and John in the Two and Out CFL podcast. In the huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out podcast. So before we talk about the departures in Saskatchewan, which is probably an hour podcast on its own, (laughs) uh, (laughs) at the time of recording of this podcast, the Riders haven't signed number one overall pick Josiah St. John from Oklahoma, offensive tackle. Oh, oh, now, whose side are you on here? Because I'm in the camp that thinks... A number one overall pick deserves more than the rookie minimum contract. I would agree with you. I I would agree. I would agree that most players deserve more than the yeah. rookie minimum contract. <laughs> you know, that's true. But I, I don't think it's right that uh, because we can assume that an eighth rounder is going to be getting the rookie minimum. I don't think the number one overall pick should be getting lowballed like that. But I don't think the number one overall pick should be getting paid like he's a starter there needs to be some sort of agreement made on a performance base like hey if you start nine games for us we'll pay you like a starting offensive lineman but until it's been determined you know I don't think there's any reason and I don't know honestly I don't know where the hell else he's gonna go there's not a pile of NFL interest for this guy no there's not that that really hasn't been talked about uh that he would be getting worked out by NFL teams and the the numbers have been floated around and it looks like they are like $65,000 apart. Yeah, and I think I think it's some way it's going to get done because St. John doesn't have anywhere else to play, but I can't blame these kids again like we had alluded to in the last episode. We alluded to the fact that you know what, you can probably get an even better job coming out of university right now than you can, that'll pay you more than what you'd make playing professional football in Canada. So I think uh, Murphy and Jones in Saskatchewan, they're trying to correct the mistakes that the previous regime made. They they were throwing a lot of money around, and maybe they're just using what they have to work with because they they cut a a lot of salary. They cut a lot of salary, but brought in a, a pile lot of salary. Let me go through. I'll go through departures, and I'll okay. leave you for additions, all right? Okay. okay. John Chick on the D-line. Receivers Weston Tressler, Ryan Smith, Chris Getzlaff. All three of them starters at the beginning of the year. Anthony Allen, starting running back beginning of last year. Tyron Brackenridge, starter. Weldon Brown, starter. Terrell Mays, starter. Paul McCallan, old. Scott McHenry, starting on special teams. Keith Price, he was a quarterback. Derek Walker, everybody rub your bellies. Corey Wantman, <laughs> I think Corey Wantman's a great ad, by the way. The Argos got lucky with that. 
I think so. Yeah, he was he was almost the team's number one center, just getting beat out by Dan Clark. Part of me, it's Andre Monroe with the bele bele yeah. rub. Uh, <laughs> Tierris George for reasons that again the guy uh, allegedly beats his girlfriend and is now facing a legal battle. Good riddance. The Riders don't need any more of that. God knows they've had enough. Yep. And, of course, Alex Hall, who, as quietly as he sneakily signed with the Riders in the offseason, quietly, sneakily just kind of disappeared. Yeah, that one's interesting. He had the big year uh, with Winnipeg. I believe it was 2012 uh, or 2011. He led the league in sacks and then... <laughs> Gone. <laughs> it was it was it was 2013 because he was picked up by the Riders of the trade deadline. Oh, he was traded to Saskatchewan while leading the league in sacks. Yes. Yeah, and I felt he was quiet ever since coming to Saskatchewan. Never mind just last year, uh, but he he's gone. And well, and he had a brief he had a brief time in the NFL as well after the Great Cup. Yeah, year. he did. He did, and then came back and. Never seemed to really make an impact, but I don't think anybody did last year on that team. Now, no, no, no. no. <laughs> the no. additions are a mile long here. The, this is amazing. Even if the Riders don't make the playoffs this year, they don't have a single starter from the defense last year. And to be able to do that and compete, I think that in itself is an accomplishment. This is a different group. It's only a few days of training camp here in Saskatoon, Travis, but I can tell you, gone is the funeral atmosphere. Gone is Chamberlain and Tamman's ultra-serious approach to football. Chris Jones flat out said to us a couple days ago, you know what? Football's about fun, man. We're just out here having fun. He's like, we're not threatening these guys with their jobs. We're just, they know their role. They know what they gotta do. So, um, why don't you hammer through the additions? If you have anything to add, go ahead. And if I have anything to add, I'll jump in on you, all right? It's funny because when you look at Chris Jones on the surface, you think he is like the big dictator of the team and this is serious business. He's intimidating as hell. Yeah. And then, but you go to one of his practices, and I, I did in Winnipeg at the Grey Cup. There's music playing. The the team is loose. The team is fun. But if you remember last year training camp, the the reports on Corey Chamberlain were that there weren't no pads on. They're taking it easy. It looks like the pads are on right now. <laughs> that's that's gone. They've completely reworked their practice <laughs> schedule. They're going full speed pads. Good battles, but I mean it's good battles while the guys are having fun. Yeah, and you know it's funny. You see Chris Jones on the sideline, you think intimidating, and I've had the pleasure, and I will call it a pleasure, of interviewing him one on one once or twice, and he's always been respectful and and easy to deal with, and just a straight up guy that that knows football. And I think that is the move of the off season is bringing him in. And I'm there's another guy that's been a star out of nowhere he's so quickly risen to prominence but yeah man he is what he can do with this team and I just the atmosphere around camp is completely different this year and different in a good way and I really really like what they're doing Trav let's talk about the uh, additions there is a lot so I'm just gonna uh, name them Jonathan Williams defensive line from Ottawa great how, Jones. Okay, okay how good is that <laughs> defensive line gonna be Okay, I, I want to talk about that after the additions because this is okay. crazy, that defensive line. Uh, Greg Jones, linebacker from the Argos. Uh, John Who, by Ch the way, started <laughs> for the Argos last year 
and and nobody's talking about him here in Saskatchewan. I mean, no. you add him to Jeff Knox Jr., like, holy crap, all of a sudden they've got a real middle linebacker. Oh, yeah. Jones is a great, great uh, uh, addition. Childs, uh, I don't think anybody's really talking about him either. He had, what, nine touchdowns uh, in his rookie season with the Argos, went to the NFL. He's back. He's a big and, receiver. And looking great, Trav. I, I like, I'm high on him. Justin Capicotti from Ottawa, Corey Irvin from Montreal, Curtis Steele running back from the Argos, uh, defensive back Ed Ganey from Hamilton. I'm, I'm excited about that one. That's that's a huge signing. Hassan Hasim uh, with Hamilton, a Canadian on the defensive line who basically was just stuck behind uh, Brian Bulky and uh, Mr. Ted Laurent. So he might uh, end up uh, getting a job here in Saskatchewan. Greg, they, they could almost go two Canadians on D-line. Yeah. Yeah, Capricotti and, and Hazim. Yeah, uh, Greg Newman returns from Winnipeg. For, former Saskatoon Hilltop. They've got him playing all over the place on defense right now. Yeah, and, and we'll talk about that. It seems like they're doing that all over the field. Uh, Shamad Chambers from Edmonton. Otha Foster from Edmonton. Kendall Lawrence from Edmonton. Uh, Andrew Jones from Edmonton. Uh, Matt Walter from Calgary. Clarence Denmark from Winnipeg. Sean Lemon from Ottawa, although he was released to go to the NFL and ended up going to Saskatchewan. Uh, Eric Norwood from Hamilton. Jonathan Newsom looks like an amazing signing uh, from the NFL. And Thaddeus This guy Coleman played 30 NFL games over the past couple of years. Yeah, he's a good player. Basically, he was released by the Colts because of marijuana possession. We are a little bit uh, more liberal towards that in Canada. It's so. going to be legal in a few months. Yeah, the charges were dropped uh, when it comes to that because if if they went through, I don't think they could have them up here, but they were dropped, and uh, he ends up coming up to Saskatchewan. My question to you, is it possible to have too many defensive linemen? I think so, maybe, but these guys, like, here's the thing. Everybody in Saskatchewan's freaking out that John Chick is gone. Shut up. Relax. <laughs> it's going to be fine. You essentially replaced him with Sean Lemon. Who's younger, then, cheaper. And at this point in his career, better? as good as, if not better. Yeah. Eric Norwood is a little banged up right now, but there's another guy. And then Capacotti's in there as well. I think it's a position now you see more and more teams rotate their defensive linemen. Oh, yeah. We see that more and more. Like, they could have four defensive ends and... They both get half the snaps in a game, and they're both, or all four of them, are scary good. Yep, it's it's the depth at D line is incredible. That whole defense is being completely reworked, and I think that it's an embarrassment of riches right now um, after such a crap season in Saskatchewan. Yeah, and we're seeing this a lot. Like, the supplemental draft was last Tuesday. The Riders ended up getting receiver Kevin Francis, but. He has been seeing so many snaps at safety in training camp. He might be yep. playing defense this year. Yep. Well, they, it was interesting. Earlier this week, we talked about it with Chris Jones, and he he's of the mindset that the CFL roster is so small that if it you is. have a guy that's athletic enough to play both sides of the ball, he'll still have a primary position. But what happens when a guy goes down in a game? Well, you throw in that guy to play the other side of the line. And Chris Jones said, I started doing this last year. 
and I think I liked it. And he's he's doing it with a handful of guys out there this year. And it's just, again, it proves what an innovative and bright coach he really is. The fact that, let's face it, like how many times in a CFL game the rosters are so small, a guy goes down with an injury and you're completely SOL guys are playing out of position. At least if you give these guys some reps saying, okay, yeah, you're going to be on special teams, you're going to play a little receiver, but by the way, you're also going to play some defense and you're going to see this look and we're going to see if you're good enough. I like it a lot. Uh, Quinn Smith, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, was on uh, the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL podcast with our friends over at CFLPass.ca, and he made a great point a few weeks ago uh, saying that the NFL has better football players, but the CFL has better athletes. And what happens is in the NFL, those guys... They are born and they are bred to play yep. one position, whether it's offensive tackle, middle linebacker, free safety, uh, receiver, running back. That's all they do. That, that, that's what they're bred to do. In the CFL, they have better athletes because maybe the bigger asset up here is your speed, obviously, but your yep. versatility. Look at a guy like Kendall Lawrence. He plays all over the field. Yep. He does a little bit of everything. He he returns, he rushes, he receives, he does absolutely everything. And that's what we're seeing Chris Jones do in Saskatchewan. Now I'm wondering, are we going to see rosters expand? I, I find it weird that the NFL has one less player per side on the field, but more people allowed to be on the active roster. I wouldn't be surprised in the next CBA negotiation that you see those rosters become quite a bit uh, quite a bit larger, and I think that'll be considered a win for the players' union. And, and, and by that, you'd also probably see an increase in the salary cap. I think that's all coming down the pipe, and I think it'll be good. I mean, the biggest thing will be player safety, and that's why they'll say we'll need four more guys on the field or whatever. Uh, I think it is coming, and I think it'll be a good move. Now, the running backs is a position I am looking at. In Saskatchewan, Curtis Steele from Toronto and Matt Walter seem to be the guys battling for the number one job right now. Some are saying that Matt Walter might not start because they don't have a Canadian backup, but I say why not have the best player start? <laughs> oh, oh, for sure, but you know what? Curtis Steele might be the best player as well. It's yeah, an interesting battle between the two of them. Steele and Jones are very familiar with each other from their time in Toronto. Right. Um, I wouldn't pick a Saskatchewan running back right now unless it was a late round and I needed one more guy for my draft. And I think I would maybe lean to Curtis Steele only because he seems to be a little bit more productive. And I, you're right. I don't know if they go with a Canadian at that spot. But, I mean, you can also dress Walter and see what happens. I think Steele impressed me a little more in limited duty uh, than Walter did last year. Again, I'm not super high on either guy. Neither but, am I. You know, I, I. I just – when I think of both guys, I just think – mediocre and i'm no disrespect to the guys i know they're very hard working uh, like matt walter the reports on him from camp is he's a hard working guy he gets out there he does his job and he's a great player but they're neither of them are really flashy at all now do they move kendall lawrence back to running back now that's that is lawrence a with steel and then you dress walter as your reserve fullback and a special teamer that, that That is interesting. I think one area of concern in Saskatchewan is the offensive tackles. Uh, they have Mr. Uh, Xavier Fulton re-signed at left tackle. Right tackle looks like it's going to be Thaddeus Coleman. And uh, that uh, safety position looks like Greg Newman is taking a lot of reps there. Matt Webster, Kevin Francis. I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume... 
it's probably Newman or Webster. You're going to see those two guys all over the field. One of them is going to start at safety. The other one you're going to see uh, spell off guys a lot of defensive back. Now, a bold prediction. Rob Bag has the biggest uh, season of his career this year. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you. I saw Rob earlier this week. Like I said, uh, he is in crazy shape, and he told me that his confidence is back. And he's in the slot. He, I asked him, I said, hey, Rob, you know, you're changing positions to slot back. How's that been? And I didn't get any cliches. He's like, it's been great. Um, I prefer to play slot back, but Getzlaff was always there for these years, so I just had to wait my turn. Like, there was no cliches. There was no, oh, I'm going to give it 100% and try and, yeah. you know, roll, roll all four lines. It was like, no, it's great. This is where I want to play, and I'm going to be awesome this year. And I loved his confidence. He is in. You got to think he hasn't had to rehab an injury, so his upper body strength was was wow. Like he's definitely beefed up in a very good way. Uh, Rob Bag might be for me one of the first Canadian receivers off the board. Another name you have to remember here, and he was also a beast at training camp. Naman Roosevelt. He should have been starting last year. I don't know what Corey Chamberlain was yeah. smoking. I mean, there's probably a reason Jamel he's sitting Richardson. on his couch today. <laughs> but, but, I mean, Naman Roosevelt would also be a high pick. I think both those guys are going to have a very good season. Um, <laughs> at, at receiver as well, Nick Dembski, I think, is going to get a more regular. He was doing a lot of returns as well. So, I think Dembski and Bag are probably your two starting Canadians there. Maybe three if they like enough out of Chambers and can find another guy. Yeah, all reports from training camp look like Roosevelt and Durant have developed uh, quite the chemistry as well, so that'll be fun to see. And I think we can officially say that Rob Bag, his injury issues are behind him. He he missed all of 2011. He played three games in 2012, but since then he played 17 games the year they won the Grey Cup, 18 games both of the last two seasons. His career high, 807 yards in 2009. He had 803 in 2014. I think he cracks the 1,000-yard barrier moving inside to the slot this year for the first time in his career. I like it. I I would I would agree. I think we're both high on him. I think he's going to be great this year. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan uh, of him. But Saskatchewan, so many changes. I, I think they're going to sell a lot of programs. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say because you don't know who anybody is. <laughs> They'll be making a. They should. They should literally sell them at the Ryder store, make a lot of money off of that. Uh, they they make a lot of money off of everything else they sell. Uh, put them in with the uh, new Roosevelt uh, sunflower seeds or something. and uh, <laughs> Like, who are they going to make money off of this year for the, the, the co-op game day products? It's got to be Durant. <laughs> Durant or Bag. I mean, those are the two guys that are still there. They're still very good. Hey, Sean Lemon, like, he could sell something, lemonade or something. Sean Lemon's lemonade. I like it. He's another guy that he's become very popular here so uh which tragically we did this last episode uh we're paying tribute to the hip this week which tragically hip song would you use to describe the saskatchewan rough riders Ooh, uh to me i'm going to go looking for a place to happen they're in the process of closing down the old mosaic stadium They've announced a whole bunch of really cool things that are going to go on through the season, and they're also looking for a place to happen compared to the place they were in last year. Uh, let's go looking for a place to happen by the Tragically Hit.
that's looking for a place to happen describing the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Are we going to save where you have them for the end of the show? For My one goal? and three slots are open, and yes, we will. Okay, we'll save that for the end. Let's go to Manitoba. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who many have saying uh, they, they've won the offseason, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> I still think Saskatchewan's won the offseason. You do? I think Winnipeg has the names, because when I go through the names, most people have heard of them. Yeah. But when you go through the Winnipeg or the Saskatchewan players, you may not have heard of them, but I think they might be a little younger and just a little better. It's almost like the Bombers have better business moves, but the Riders had better football moves. But, I mean, the Bombers were such a crap team last year that yeah. they needed this high-end injection of high-end talent. I mean, right. I mean, we'll go through all of it in a, in a minute, but... Derek Taylor, our friend from TSN Sports Center, we got to have him on during leading up to the season here. Derek was going on about some of his fancy numbers and basically showed that they went from having the kicker that cost them games to having the kicker that should win them games, going from <laughs> Liram Haralahu to Justin Medlock, the free agent signing. So, <laughs> and by the way, Toronto, have fun with Haralahu. I'm <laughs> 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 serious. He got another job, and I can't believe it. <laughs> if they had Medlock last year, they could have won three or four more games, and that's not an exaggeration. Maybe even and, more. And, and, we're, and that's just direct points. You had to see how many times Mike O'Shea had to try to do weird and wacky stuff because he knew his kicker couldn't get it anywhere close. <laughs> Medlock is the new robo-kicker in Winnipeg, and that is a big Big uh, signing for them. But the departures in Winnipeg, they're not that bad, in my opinion. Uh, Cameron Marshall, uh, he showed some flashes last year, but he's on his way out. The aforementioned Hazra Blahu. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nick Moore, uh, or as I like to call him, country grammar, is gone. Uh, (laughs) Or as I like to call him, is Nick Moore playing tonight? No? Okay, that's another $200,000 off the cap. Uh, Greg Newman, uh, he's a he's a great guy. He's g- he good is. To have. Have, have you have you had the chance to meet him? I have not. I've met Newman a, a few times. He or does, maybe he I does did. Some... I actually asked him if he was going to grow his hair back. I met him uh, after uh, they won the Grey Cup in 2013 because he was part of the Canadian Hair Force. He he was, and he was. Uh, he's a good guy. He, he used to play for the Saskatoon Hilltops here. He's back in the city all the time, helping out with with junior football and coaching and stuff. And you can tell he's glad to be back in Saskatchewan. It's his hometown, so Dem- Dem- I'm Dem- sad to. See, I you know I think Winnipeg is sad to see him go, but uh, no, I think he'll he'll be a good ad for Saskatchewan. Uh, Demon Washington, a defensive back, is on his way out, as well as defensive lineman. Greg Peach. So let's talk about the guys on their way in. I think the defensive line in uh, uh, Winnipeg is going to be fun. Uh, Keith Sholigan will shore up the middle. He came from Ottawa. Euclid Cummings came from Toronto. Uh, Medlock, we talked about. Uh, Jeff Keeping on the offensive line. And then the big ones, uh, Dressler and Smith. Uh, yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, Andrew Harris, uh, his backup, Pascal Lochard. They're also bringing in uh, C.J. Wilson from the NFL. Uh, I and, think... and, and the biggest addition, the biggest addition to all of this, Travis, is Paul Lapolice. Paul Lapolice. Like, if there's a guy in the league that can find ways to use Andrew Harris, he's it's the guy. Paul Lapolice. It's It's like, it, 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 it's like they were like a match made... I, I don't even know. It's someplace past heaven. Like I, they, they saw each other on Tinder and they actually like hit it off. I don't know. <laughs> well, last year, 
Uh, Ugh, look at look at look at you, Andrew Harris. Look at how you can catch the ball out of the backfield. Oh, thank you, Paul. Look at the way you come up with all these creative plays. <laughs> I just imagine like a very like low tone conversation. Two guys. Oh, I like what I see. So do I. Let's get together. Let's make magic happen. <laughs> Harris should be happy because there were times last year where he would get three touches a game, and it would make no sense. I mean, this guy, you need to get him the ball. And I think in Winnipeg, they're going to find a way to use him. Oh, he absolutely. I think I think Winnipeg has finally stabilized a little bit at quarterback as well, too. Drew Willie is the guy. And I think a full season of Matt Nichols learning the plays and being having offices designed around him is going to be good. And I think, too, I think the biggest thing is this: the, the, the Lapoli signing by Winnipeg is ballsy because you know if you're Mike O'Shea, you have most definitely hired your replacement if things go sideways. Now, usually in sports, the the coach never goes into the season with an expiring contract unless it's, you know, Huffnagel or Wally saying, I'm done. Yeah. O'Shea doesn't have one past this season. How... How long is that leash? If they start the season 0-3 or 0-4 or something like that, 1-4? I think I think I think it's got to be a Labor Day move. I think it's got to be something you got to I think you got to give them to Labor Day to kind of see what happens. Um because again, I, I mean the running joke is always the CFL season doesn't start till Labor Day. Yeah. And and I would I would venture a guess that, you know, by Labor Day if they think, you know, the team is is gone. I, I just think three or four games with a lot of new faces is is a little too soon. But if they struggle, I think Paul Apolis will be coaching by Labor Day. Uh, Winnipeg could have uh, upgraded their national talent. I think the most and their draft was. Can can, can, can we call them Canadians? Because I don't like that's okay. a stupid word. <laughs> uh, their Canadians are. Looking awesome. Uh, Loeffler, they drafted him. He could make an impact right off the bat. Uh, Trent Corny might make an impact. Uh, He's a bison, uh, I believe, uh, because they need somebody starting the opposite uh, defensive end of Mr. Westerman. It could be Justin Cole, uh, but Trent Corny, a Canadian starting there, he could make a lot of noise. And I'm also wondering on uh, how the acquisitions of Dressler and Smith will... Uh, help the other receivers. I think Darvin Adams could have a big year. I also think Rory, Rory uh, Colhurt could uh, expand on what he did last year as well. No, I would agree with you as well because those two guys are, and you see it so many times when guys are going to get all of the attention. Yeah, you, you know, generally it opens up something for somebody else. So uh, I think I think Dressler and Smith are going to have a real good season. And uh, I think as a whole, Winnipeg is going to be. But again, it comes down to the biggest question mark. I mean, it's a question mark with every single team. So, I mean, to yeah. use it as a storyline is almost at nauseum is if Drew Willie can can stay healthy. So um, I think there's enough options around there, enough different kinds of players that even if Matt Nichols has to start a pile of games, I do think they'll be a lot better. Uh, Justin Veltung might be a name to watch. Uh, people are talking about him lining up at slot back in camp as well, as well as Jace Davis, uh, Darren Bombing. Uh, posted a video of him lighting up at training camp. And I'm really rooting for Ryan Smith. I think he's got three concussions in the past two years. So one more and he might be done. So that could be 
a risk-reward signing for Winnipeg at the end of the day, and I really want him to stay healthy because he is fun to watch. Now, and I, and I, do, I don't think that, that Winnipeg necessarily needs to worry about uh, – I think they're actually relatively deep at receiver when you say all those names. I yeah. mean, even if Smith or Dressler doesn't quite live up to what they what we think they're going to be, you know, there's still going to be a degree of, you know, I think the receiving core in Winnipeg is going to be just fine. Yeah, I, I think they have a lot weapons, a lot of weapons there now, especially uh, Andrew Harris is a good receiver as well. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, he'll help out those uh, receivers and Lapo will find a way to uh, get the ball to him. I am about done with all of the criticism criticism of Drew Willie. Uh, yep. I get that people question him as far as staying healthy, and that's completely fair. Uh, the Bombers have had a tough time protecting him, and that is a, that, that's a big thing, obviously. But the people questioning his talent and not thinking he's a number one quarterback – that's, I don't that's ridiculous. get that. When, look, look at his record when when Winnipeg's actually when he's actually healthy. Yeah, I I, mean, I think he doesn't have the biggest track record in the world, and that's fine. But I think he's proven that he deserves to be respected, and I think people in Winnipeg do. I yeah, think- no, people in Winnipeg do, and people in Winnipeg know how badly he wants to be on the field. It's just it's been a tough couple of uh, couple of seasons for him injury wise because they can't protect him. And again, I think Lapolis and O'Shea are going to take a giant leap forward in that. And there's been people that literally have said that they would rather have Rakeem Cato or he should be starting in Winnipeg over Drew Willie. Which those people those people need to have their faces slapped. <laughs> which I. I, I don't know how they can say that. He's he's the fifth Kato, on the Kato, depth Kato chart. Kato didn't prove a whole lot of anything last year. No, here here's what happens. A running quarterback is able to rely on his legs and make him look like he's doing a lot better than a pocket quarterback. Yeah, and exactly. The, and I think that's why Brandon Bridge has overcome him in the uh, uh, and pretty much everybody else in Montreal on the depth chart, he's more of a pocket passer. It takes them a little bit longer to get used to the speed of the game. If they can use their legs, they can extend plays, yep. and it becomes a little bit of a crutch. I and, would, I would, I would love to. See, I would love to see Winnipeg pick up. I think Winnipeg or Saskatchewan should be as soon as Rakeem Cato is out should be picking him up because I think those are two teams that could use a little more depth at quarterback. I don't know if you'd ever see him on the field, but. And I think Toronto should make a run at him, too. Uh, yeah, because behind Ricky Ray, there's not a whole hell of a lot right now. No, they have Logan Kilgore, and there's another name there as well. But those guys don't have any experience at all. At least Cato has experience. And, yes. Uh, he, he has some snaps. He was basically the starter last year, no matter how, <laughs> how if you think he was left out to dry or not. Uh, but he, he does have experience, and that does count for something now, what tragically hip song would you use to describe the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? After years of getting murdered in the face by Joe Mack and his terrible, terrible personnel decisions, I think it's time that they they have a full and nearly complete roster. Let's go with fully complete.
fully completely describing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this year. Uh, before we wrap up the show, John, where do you have the Riders and the Bombers finishing in the West? I have the Bombers finishing third. I think Saskatchewan brings it all together, and they will finish first in the in the West. And I've been saying this for a while. I have been saying for a very long time that all the moves made by Chris Jones and by the Ryder Brass would lead to them being a number one team this year. Wow. <laughs> that would be uh, – and our friend Joe Pritchard at CFLPass.ca also did a, uh, a piece on going uh, worst – to first and a lot <laughs> smoke alarm <laughs> smoke alarm <laughs> blowing stuff up because my barbecue's on outside oh <laughs> Ugh. all right hey what are you making on the barbecue uh just uh, we're gonna do a little steak sandwich tonight nice that's that sounds awesome but <laughs> i'm drooling now man <laughs> <laughs> sorry buddy that uh, smoke alarm caused some drool <laughs> I uh, uh, that would be incredible. I mean, Joe Pritchard, yeah, as I said, wrote about it uh, from going worst to first. I I still have Saskatchewan finishing fifth, but it like really? like a, yeah, I have them finishing fifth. I, I I don't buy the running backs. Uh, I think it will take the. Uh, but what was the last team that had a great running back? Well, Corey Sheets. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and I mean, it's been that long. There's been a lot of teams running without... There's been a lot of teams winning without great running backs for a very long time. Yeah, and I, I get that. I, I, I totally get that. Maybe uh, Sheets spoiled Ryder Nation uh, and that offensive line, but uh, I think the O-line's a little bit with the tackles this year. I think they're a little bit of a source of concern there, and I, I think it might take the secondary uh, a little bit to gel, but I, I'd love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I, I'm not saying that, and I, I have Winnipeg finishing uh, fourth, possibly third, battling with uh, BC for that final playoff spot. But uh, but I think all, every team in the West, uh, well, uh, pardon me, I think the top four teams in the West are going to make the postseason because I think they're going to jump out ahead and, and, and cross over. Now, I guess we will reveal your East standings, my East standings, next Wednesday, our East Division preview. That does it for episode 36 of the 2 and Out CFL podcast with Fraser and Kura. Again, uh, email 2andoutcfl at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, do your best impression of uh, one John Fraser. Give us an angry John rant, and we will pick the best entries to get you into the 2 and Out CFL podcast and, fantasy and we, should, and we should mention you can just go ahead and write that rant. You don't need to read it. We'll do the reading for you. Yeah, you don't. We'll get John to read it. <laughs> I guess so, in my best angry John voice. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, the Saskatchewan Rush uh, Lacrosse Club. Uh, the big game tomorrow night in uh, Saskatoon. Ooh. Big game tomorrow night, Game 2 Champions Cup. Don't forget, merchandise on sale, sasbrush.com, and 2017 season tickets. Looks like every game next year should probably sell out because almost every game this year sold out. Don't miss out. Get your 2017 season tickets. Talk to Drew at the Sask Rush office here in Saskatoon. Rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Like on Facebook. Follow on Twitter, 2 and Out CFL. And you can now find us on Google Play Music. 2 and Out CFL. We will talk to you next week with our East Division preview.